Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. As always, I'm here with uh, my partner on mission, Mary Guilfoyle. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great, Father John. And you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Uh, we, we talk often about our work being practical, but not prescriptive. And I think uh, what we're going to try and talk about today is going to be just that. Please, God, for maybe especially for those who find themselves, whether it's in marriage and family life or in parish life or in school life or diocesan life, it's something of an impasse. Like we just don't know what to do, right? So what's our topic? So our topic is restoring the initiative to God. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do that first and and pray and ask him to bless us, shall we? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, we do turn to you because uh, you are the source of everything that we have. You are our Father, who is good beyond all measure, and who out of love for us have given us your Son so that we might no longer be bound and held captive by the power of sin and death and hell. Lord, your desire for us is that we would hear your voice, that we would hear the voice of your son, the good shepherd, that we would not be lost, wandering in the dark, not knowing what to do. So we ask for your Holy Spirit to bless this conversation right now, that it would be edifying for those who are listening, especially those who most need to hear uh, your voice and the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. So we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So that uh, that title, the, uh, Restoring the Initiative to God, that comes from Cardinal Contalmesa, right? It does. So he had, he wrote a series of, it was a retreat, a series of talks uh, to the USCCB, I think it was back in 2018. Mm. And in his first retreat, it was entitled, I think, Intimacy with Christ. And he presses into the primacy of prayer and how it is we're supposed to pray. And there's this one portion of that retreat that we love to break open. Yeah, we always use it with, uh, you know, because we often say, you know, the tragedy, right, in in church life. And uh, and this applies to marriage and family as well, unfortunately, is that prayer becomes something like an agenda item, right? It's like we just say a quick rote prayer and then we move on to our work and then we kind of do our work and then we bring it to God and go, hi, would you bless, bless our plans? Our work, which is probably, you know, uh, going to churn up the same results as the last work we did, which is to say it might or might not be all that effective. So yeah, Consul Mesa says, hey, how about we not do that? Because the apostles and the saints, they didn't just pray before they did their work. They prayed in order to know what the work was, which is really fitting, Father John, to that Marine Corps mindset. We're doing X in order to do Y. And when we stumbled across this beautiful retreat that uh, the Cardinal gave, we thought, gosh, that just fits in beautifully with the manner in which we're equipping leaders. Yeah. So we're praying. And and, and so we want to talk about right now is the Lord has showed us and, and two of these things he showed us when you and I were serving in a parish uh, and he's built upon those. And he showed us a third way to pray in order to know what to do really. Right. So, so I, I just want to say at the outset, so uh, this could be, we have found, for example, I know um, 
Albert on our team, he, he's been using some of these ways to pray with his wife, Becky. He's been using it with some of his kids. Um, we've seen principals use this. We've seen bishops use this. We saw uh, an entire uh, archdiocese go through these three ways that we want to break open. Um, people who are totally unfamiliar with this and found tremendous fruit really quick, right? And so this, this is not hard to do. Um, the, the big difference is, I think, many of us, when we go to pray, we just go when we sit there, which is great, right? Because it's, it's always good just to be in the presence of God. Uh, but we have found particularly helpful when you're trying to discern things, tee up a particular question, right? And so there's really three questions that we want to tee up um, and hope that these will be fruitful for, again, whatever context we might find ourselves in, whether we're a, a pastor or a bishop or a mom or a dad or a, a teacher or a principal, right? Or any, or any person uh, pressing into discernment. Yeah. In their life, no matter no matter where you are, no matter what your vocation is. Yeah. So, what's the first way to pray? We call it. Um, so, so Father John, um, at the outset, I think what's important, what we're talking about, is a shift in mindset. So, mm. we're walking into prayer with a particular mindset. So, these two ways that we're going to break open right now have to do with mindset. And so, for instance, if you're, let, let's, can we just use a parish as an example? Pastor and his leadership team, mm-hmm. right? Coming together, the pastor tees up this question. You pray with the mindset. So we're going to pray with the mindset of a physician. Mm. And we're going to go before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And we're going to ask the Lord to show us what is the greatest wound, let's say, for instance, in our parish mm. with the image in our mind, maybe even of like a diagnostic tool, whether it's an x-ray or an MRI machine. So just like as an, an MRI shows what might be systemically or physiologically or structurally out of order, that you can look at an MRI and go, oh my gosh, there's a wound there or there's something there that needs to be fixed. We go into prayer with the mindset of a physician saying, show us, Lord, where our parish, for instance, is most sick right now mm-hmm. or what is the greatest wound in the parish? Mm-hmm. And then you press into that prayer time. Let's say it's a half hour. And then you, so you, so there's a couple things to think about here. We're going in with a particular mindset, number one. Number two, and I think this is really important, we're going in to pray with the expectation that God's going to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't always expect God to speak. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to come out of that prayer experience. And as a leadership team, we're going to invite people to share out what did the Lord say to you? And not only what did he say, what did he reveal, but how did he reveal that to you? Right. So in other words, like we're going to go pray and then we're going to come out. We're not going to go like, hey, what are your ideas? That's exactly right. We don't want, like, who cares what my idea is, quite they frankly. Generally I, stink, I, right? I want to know what God inspired you as you were praying about this um, particular question. Where's either where are we? you know, most in need, what's our biggest wound, um, what do we most need to focus our attention on? Because there's so many things that you can do, in, in this case in parish life, right, where you could invest lots of time, energy, resources, all those kinds of things. But rather than just do that based on a, a brainstorming session or bra- based on, you know, a, a think tank session, how about we go ask God first to show it and then come out of that and and as we go around and we're going to go, well, what'd you hear, what'd you hear, what'd you hear? things are going to emerge. And if these are people then that you trust, which is if 
if they're not, they shouldn't be on your leadership team, right? With whom you can have great conflict, healthy conflict, well, then you can go at it. You can argue to clarity, right? That's right. And, and what happens is, as you listen to everyone share out, common threads emerge yeah. and it becomes so clear, like, like that's the Lord, you yeah. know? And then of course, and we'll, we can go into this later, then you can go back into prayer and go, you know, thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah. And go before the Lord and ask him, what is the remedy then? Yep. So hold on that. Let's not right. go there yet. Cause, so I just want to make a quick transition. So you were talking about teeing up as a parish life, but this has incredible pla- uh, applications to marriage and family life. So, you know, you and, you know, say, say, you know, Albert and Becky got eight kids, right? So they, they may be going in prayer, you know, parents are always praying for their children, right? And so there's lots of things that you could try to address to continue to try to help them grow in virtue and become the men and women that God created them to be. But it's a completely different thing as parents to go before the Lord and say, Lord, we see all sorts of things happening in Junior's life. <laughs> What's the biggest wound in our son or in our daughter? And then, you know, as a couple, then you come out of, say, a holy hour or a holy half hour, you know, you go out to dinner maybe and you talk about what you hear. And then you let the Lord steer you in a particular direction based on what he's revealed uh, as opposed to based on well, just what we see because we can't always see everything that's going on in someone's life, right? You know, exactly. And I, I think what... What, what what the distinction is here is you're not going to hear people coming out of the chapel in a time of prayer going, I feel, I think, yeah, I think. That's right. I mean, it is no longer I. It, yeah. it is, what is the Father saying? Yeah. And, and, and I think we, I can't help but think that the Father is pleased. The one that he most wants to reveal these things to is a mom, is a dad, is a pastor, is a leadership team, is a bishop of a diocese. Right, right. Yep. I love that. So there's three ways. So that's the first way to pray. Let's, let's go, let's hang on on that, um, that remedy one. That's right. what you were going to talk about. Yep. Let's, let's pause on that for a second. That's the third way. There's a second way to pray. This is somewhat new for us that, uh, that the Lord's led us to, to kind of think and pray about and bring into the chapel with us. And, and it, um, it, it's something like asking to see hell's strategy. So, you know, uh, we talk about this ad nauseum perhaps for some people, but uh, you know, the enemy gets a vote and you can have the best plan for your, you know, marriage and family and uh, your parish, your school, your diocese, but uh, this isn't neutral territory. Um, This is occupied territory and the enemy is prowling like like a roaring lion. And so he's trying to disrupt our plans. And so we want to ask here the Lord to reveal to us, because God God wants to expose the enemy and he wants us to win, whether it's in marriage and family or parish life or diocesan life. And he wants to let us see the enemy's strategy. And that might sound like a, a, a bit of an outlandish claim, but there's this awesome passage uh, in the Old Testament. I think it's in 2 Kings chapter 6 where um, Syria and uh, Israel are at war with each other. And the king of Syria, every time he's trying to make a move, Israel is able to anticipate it and they can outmaneuver him. And after this goes on for some time, the, the king comes in and he sits down with all his, you know, his officers. He says, hey, where's the traitor among you guys or where's the mole? And one of his generals says, there's no traitor, my lord. There's a prophet in Israel who hears your thoughts in your bedchamber and he warns the king. And so... Before the Lord revealed that passage to us, a friend of ours uh, pointed that out to us. 
God had taught us this way to pray, and then that passage was just very helpful confirmation. So in other words, like God wants to show us the enemy's strategy so that we can prepare for it, right? And so that we can then come at, uh, uh, at, at the remedy, uh, which is that third way to pray in a second. So now as a, as a pastor, as a bishop, with your leadership team, as a mom, as a dad, whatever it might be, as a principal, you take those that you know and love and trust who can hear the Lord, um, with whom you know you can have you know good, healthy conflict, and then you go to pray, and now you're asking the question, Lord, show us hell's strategy. Like, if, if and it's not if, <laughs> it's because hell has a vested interest in keeping our family from being united, growing in holiness, going on mission, um, from, you know, keeping our school from being... Um, set aside for the purpose of mission and to win kids and parents to the Lord, um, from keeping our, our parish or our diocese from going out and continuing the rescue mission that Jesus began on Easter Sunday, because we know that, show us what they're doing. And, and this doesn't take a, an awful lot of time because we know the enemy's tactics. You know, it's division and gossip and slander and suspicion and fear and competition but now we, we don't want to just have that as, as um, abstractions in our mind. We want to ask the Lord, Lord, show us where those things or other things are actually happening right now, right? You know, Father John, um, we often talk about how the enemy has game film yeah. on our lives, like, like he knows where to go. We're asking the Lord to show us the enemy's game film. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, in so much of this, I mean, you guys might be listening to this thinking like, duh, like this just makes so much sense, but yet we don't press into this. This is just really common sense. It's a common sense approach to strategic discernment. Yeah. Right? That's right. right. Yeah, and and, I, and if, if you're saying, duh, we want to hear from you because uh, every time we do this with presbyterates or bishops, uh, they go more like, I've never thought of that. You know, so like it, it, it's just what's the duh is hell has a strategy what what's not a duh is God wants to expose it, right? Yeah, I think sometimes the duh for me that I'm referring to is, oh, of course, this just makes so much sense. This yeah. is how you should pray. But sometimes the most common sense approach is just really aren't out there. We've got to go back to the basics and remind ourselves that God speaks. Yep. Have something in mind when you pray. Yeah. Discern it as a body. Yep. And then go from there. Yep. And so speaking of the go from there, that's the third way. So first way of prayer is the mindset of a physician. And we're asking the Lord, show us something like, as you described it, a spiritual MRI of, you know, our family, our school, our parish, our diocese, our presbyterate. Second way to pray is, Lord, expose for us the enemy's strategy so that we can see what he's up to in a particular way. And then based on those two answers, the greatest need or the greatest wound and what we've discerned as you know, uh, hell's strategy, whether it's, again, in family or school or parish or diocese or presbyterate. Now, Lord, help us to pray with the mindset of a general and show us what area, based on the wound and the strategy that we've discerned, you're asking us to liberate or you're asking us to, to go into free or to attack in some way so that the wound can get addressed and hell has come up with another strategy, right? I love it. So, you know, oftentimes when we're when we're equipping leaders to do this, we actually put a military map yeah. up on the screen. Uh, it's a campaign map. 
And it just is a really helpful visual to know that the enemy has his strategy. What's going to be my counterattack? What's going to be my resistance? Right. What's going to be my plan? And one of the things, you know, that, that we say often our team does as we, as we um, teach this over and over and over again, it just works. Yeah, that's right. Why? It's because we've restored the initiative back yeah, to God. You, so you know, even as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of a, just a really simple personal example of, of how this has played out in my own life. You know, you did Fiat 90. Uh, I did Exodus 90. Our team did these things. And one of the things that became really clear to me going through this was one of hell's strategies in my life personally anyway is to exploit media so as to bring havoc into my life in lots of different ways, whether it's, um, you know, temptations to discouragement or anger or frustration or other things. And so, like, it, it became abundantly clear to me, and I think as we would do our weekly uh, check-ins as brothers, and I think you guys had the same experience as sisters, mm-hmm. like, this is a tactic. And so, you know, putting on then the mindset of the general, the way I, you know, came up with a plan or that most of us have come up with a plan has been, well, I just have to eliminate that from my life. You know, not that I don't know what's going on, but I have to be careful where I get the information of what's going on and not kind of get sucked into this ugly vortex, which is, you know, filled with clickbait, which is which is part of, at least in my own life personally, hell's strategy for getting me off my game, right? Right. And so much of it, the greatest instrument, I think, Father John, of the enemy is fear. Yeah. And, and so... You can look on the headlines and you don't see a whole lot of headlines with good news, right? So um, in my mind, and and I've shared this with you all before, I think some of that's just uh, um, the enemy's territory. I just don't even want to look at it, tread into it. And take it into myself. Yeah, we got to be careful, don't right. we? Amen. So, so the whole point, restoring right. the initiative to God. And so, you know, uh, you're, you're fond of repeating the, uh, the famous expression, you know, the family that prays together stays together. Same with a parish or a diocese or a school. But it's not enough. I think that's the point we're trying to make. It's not enough simply to pray together. That's a great thing. But let's up the game perhaps a little bit and pray specifically. And it's specifically with those three questions. Lord, What's either the greatest wound or need um, in our whatever it might be? Two, what's the strategy of hell to keep us from becoming what you've created us to be and that what we want to be? And then third, where are you asking us to focus our attention to liberate or to rescue or to free? So challenge this week. Try these uh, these three ways of praying, whether you're a, a pastor or mom, dad, principal, whatever it might be. And we'd love to hear from you. If, Absolutely. if you're experiencing fruit, huh? we just we love hearing stories of what God does when when we uh, when we go to prayer and then sudden, suddenly, like as you just said earlier, He actually talks, like He revealed something. We got new insight because God wants this more than we do, right? Absolutely. And I was just thinking too, you know, uh, the various committees and commissions, whether it's in a diocese or in a parish, you were talking about how prayer can oftentimes just become an agenda item, a really quick prayer. Watch the agenda get flipped on its head when yeah. you come out of prayer like that. I love right? that. Yep. You and because know. God wants this more than you and I do, because he's the one who's created us for abundant life and because he's the one who's chosen us to be alive right now in the midst of everything that's happening, wherever it is that we might find ourselves, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this. 